people are dying for a lack of an encouraging word. People are dying for lack of an encouraging... Okay, this is why your tears are so strange. I say this as someone who advocates for men crying and showing emotion. Men should be able to show their emotions. I'm not going to vilify you for showing emotions. I am going to vilify what you're showing emotions for, though. Like, that's that's not why people are suffering in the world. If you want to be like, I am so emotional because of the mass suffering. Cool. Can you identify what's causing it? It's not like, oh, if only for a kind word... If only were it not for the cancel culture, the cancel culture, it has destroyed society. From London, this is Hell. Morgan Uncensored. Yes. Well, good evening uncensored. from London and welcome to a special edition. He's going to say the N-word so many times. You can't stop him. This is uncensored. He's got free speech. Appears Morgan Uncensored. Dr. Jordan Peterson, one-on-one. He's a clinical psychologist turned culture warrior and one of the world's most famous and infamous intellectuals. His books are instant bestsellers. Tens of millions watch him online. Legion. Again? No, not again. We haven't seen this yet. This just got released. We saw a little 10-minute snippet where Jordan Peterson... Actually, I think that was like six minutes, where Jordan Peterson is talking about the war and his basically... His assertion is that there is a large amount of Hitler and Stalin inside all of us. And because of that, there's no such thing as fascism working from the top down. In fact, fascism is only enabled because all of us are just baby Hitlers and Stalins and we need to be activated at a certain point. And then once we're activated, that's when fascism happens. Also, uh, you cannot say no to Putin. And so no one can win a war against Putin because no one can say no to him. That was like, that was basically the rundown. I know you think I'm being sarcastic. I like, I did an edit of it where I basically tried to like put it down to those points. But like, it's not as like, okay, hold on. Up yours, woke. I mean, first of all, Hitler and Stalin were very singular types, and there's a bit of Hitler and Stalin in everyone. So you know, there's some truth in that. Maybe there's more in the typical Russian. A bit of than Hitler normal. in everyone, really? There's more than a bit. Why would have Nazism spread the way it did? You know, people think, well, that's all top down. It's not top down. The the totalitarian spirit is replicated at every level of the society, and so in a truly totalitarian state. Husbands lie to their wives and parents lie to their children. And the totalitarian state is actually the grip of the lie. And so, and, and people will certainly go along with that. I mean, I mean we're I mean, seeing that emerge here with cancel culture. It's like, lie! If necessary, he'll use a tactical battlefield weapon. Even yes. if it starts World War Three, It won't. We can't win again. If necessary. The question from Pierce Morgan was, do you think Vladimir Putin is going to use nuclear weapons? He was like, if necessary, we'll use a tactical uh, weapon. We'll start World War Three. It won't. <laughs> like, <against> what? <laughs> Vladimir Putin anyways, because you cannot win against someone you cannot say no to. Period. The World Bank already estimated that we've put 350 million people into what they call a food insecurity. 350 million. That's three times as many as the communists managed to kill. Maybe we can manage that in a winter. But the planet has too many people on it anyway, so, you know, that's just poor people. We'll see. So that was the sample we got yesterday. Today, they've released the full one-hour debate, uncensored. Jordan Peterson sits down with Pierce Morgan. As a fan, swear by his straight-talking guidance. What I've recommended to people is clean up your room. But his outspoken views on issues like feminism. The taming of the wild man, essentially, by the, by the desirable and virginal woman. And if you think women don't want that, then you better bloody well come up with an explanation for Fifty Shades of Grey. And gender. You won't use my pronouns, so I'm pretty sure you're my enemy, yes. Yeah, well, I know you think that, but I don't (laughs) believe that using your pronouns is going to do you any good in the long run. I've made him a lightning rod for controversy. Almost 40 million people have now seen this notorious interview with a British news show. You're exercising your freedom of speech to certainly risk offending me, and that's fine. I think more power to you as far as I'm concerned. So you haven't sat there and I'm just trying I'm just trying to work that out. I mean Ha, gotcha. Celebrity friends face yes. criticism just for meeting him. He's loved, he's loathed, but he's never ignored. And tonight, Jordan Peterson is uncensored. Well, Jordan Peterson joins me now. Jordan Peterson, welcome. Thank you. To Piers Morgan Uncensored. I suppose my first question, and there will be people genuinely wanting a simple answer, but there's a bigger answer too. 
Who is Jordan Peterson? Who? Well, I'm a clinical psychologist and a professor, and I'm doing that on a broader and, scale. And a biologist, apparently. But it's you, an you've claimed to be a biologist, what I've done incorrectly. Since 1987, really. I mean, I, I taught the same things I'm teaching, although I've expanded them throughout my academic career, and my classes were very popular, and, and not popular exactly. Uh, the, the students found them extremely useful. Why have you become so notorious? Because I, I look at it as... I've actually watched a lot of your lectures. Mm -hmm. I've listened to hours so of you I. and Joe Rogan talking <laughs> so about So have them. I. <laughs> I don't see the devil that some people try and portray you as. Oh, at all. shocker, Pierce Morgan. Uh, and it seems to me the one thing we may share in <laughs> common... kind of feels like you're both uh, ideologically synced, you know? You, you might like some of his messaging. It's certainly not oh, intellectual yeah. prowess, where, unfortunately, I'm many yards behind you. But what we do share, I think, is that a lot of people seem to have drawn an opinion about us based on either what they've seen in a tiny clip taken out of context a lot of the time, or mm. what they've been told to think about just you by other there? people. Yeah, well, is that just me, or is that my ADHD? What's going on? But what we do share, I think, is that a lot of people seem to have drawn an opinion about us based on either what they've seen in a tiny clip taken out of context a lot of the time, or what yeah, they've been for like told one to frame. think about you by other people. Weird. Yeah, well, that's some of it. I mean... I got tangled up in a political controversy in Canada. I mean, tangled up. I put my foot in it to some degree because I wasn't very 100 put your what foot I in. regarded as government you overreach lied. in relationship to who is in possession of my tongue. And I That's decided a long time ago, and really a long time ago, that I was going to say what I thought and sort of independent of the outcome. You know, you, you made a career out of lying. That's, that's what happened. You know, I could have come here on your show, for example, I spent half an hour thinking, well, what do I want out of this show? Mm. But I don't think like that. I wanted to come here and have a conversation with you. You don't actually make notes, I'm told, before you're big. I make notes, but I generally don't use them. So, so I have to prepare, you know. And are they, but, are, they, are they different when you go on tour? Is every night different? Yes. I never do the same. How do you decide what to talk about? Well, at the moment, sometimes I'm taking questions from the audience, and so I just do a Q&A, but I don't look at the questions before I go on stage. And I, I ask my wife, who asked me the questions, not to show them to me. And then if I prepare a lecture, I usually have a question in mind, often that relates to one of the topics. Yeah, this completely explains this debate with Zizek. <laughs> it really sounded like he had read the Communist Manifesto like the night before. I was like, oh, I, I have some thoughts and theories on this. My books, but, uh, but sometimes something I'm thinking about. And then I use the lecture as an opportunity to explore that question and okay i'm just gonna skip past the fluff piece i want the meat to potatoes really that's nothing that's 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 a peripheral problem even though that can be serious in and of itself we're having a fight about whether or not your claim that free speech exists is nothing but a masquerade for your willingness to dominate and use power and mm. so if i was taking that tack i'd say it's all well and good for you to speak about free speech but look you're white and you're middle class and you're british and mm. you're and you're privileged and you have well, this theory the about free speech that your ancestors derived, but the only reason they ever derived that to begin with is so they could exercise their power. Mm. There's no such thing as free speech. That's just a lie to mask a power claim. And that's a way worse cynical criticism of the notion of free speech than you can't speak because I don't agree with I mean, it's a, it's a form of fascism, isn't it? I mean, these people... It's worse than that. The, the kind of... The, the ultra-woke uh, brigade out there, they, they categorize... The ultra-woke cancel culture brigade is worse than fascism. You know, the, the thing that we associate with, say, like the final solution and stuff. Cool and normal. ...categorize themselves as liberals, but there's nothing liberal about that mentality. When you have a cancel culture, which is driven by, if you don't agree with what I say, you're going to get shamed, vilified, cancelled, fired, maybe even imprisoned. That is actually what fascist regimes do to people, to their populace. Yeah. Jesus, are you serious? Like, a couple people tell you and call you out for your shitty takes, you know, call-out culture, being like, hey, by the way, you suck, you're a racist, stuff like that. That's not fascism. Like, no wonder Jordan Peterson has this view where it's like, oh, inside every one of us is Hitler and Stalin just ready to be activated. But the Here fascists are more straightforward about it. Because they culture. basically come out and say something like, shut up or we'll beat you. Right. Whereas the compassionate types 
who are narcissistic compassionate, compassionate types, they come out and say, well, we're really trying to save the world, you know, and we're, we're acting in everyone's best interest, and we think it would be better if, if you should just, you know, regulate what you say. Because if you don't, you're not, you're not a good person. And so that's, it's much more, I'd, I'd take the fascist bully over the... So, <laughs> okay, wait. He's about to say I'd take the fascist. He would rather have a fucking Mussolini and a Hitler than fucking accountability on social media. You're not, you're not a good person. And so that's, it's much more, I'd, I'd take the fascist bully over the narcissistic, over the compassionate narcissist anytime. They're way more. Oh my God. Like, I swear, these people live their entire lives without ever being called out for their shit. It's like, hey, by the way, uh, you probably shouldn't be a racist overtly like you are being. Why? Well, I don't think I'm being a racist. I was just saying that, like, you know, because he's a black student, he's going to be better at basketball and things like that. What would it's like, oh, you're talking about microaggressions. This is cancel culture. This is, this is fascism. We're experiencing fascism right now. It's like, goddamn, like, you have blown this out of proportion so heavily. Even for the things that, like, you could still get away with so much shit under these corporate dictatorships that are supposed to be arbiters of free speech. You can be a fucking white nationalist or a white supremacist on YouTube and do just fine. Look at fucking the Lotus Eaters. Look at Sargon of Akkad. Look at so many people's careers. It's when you cross into just, like, you know, we have to take a stance for the purpose of advertisers and investment, uh, you know, stock options. We want people to be able to feel safe with this platform. We we can't let the Richard Spencers and the Nick Fuentes just straight up, you know, deny the Holocaust. Okay, so we'll draw a line there. But, like, most of the rest is probably okay. Most of the rest is probably going to be tolerable. Because, again, we don't want to be the arbiters of speech. For I mean, I, we're, we live, again, in an era where the hashtag be kind yeah, yeah. almost invariably is used by people who are the least kind people I think I've ever encountered. Yeah, in other well, words, people that love to be utterly vicious yeah well kindness and yeah they hide behind this fake persona of hashtag be kind yeah yeah well kindness yeah. is tricky you know because one of the things oh, you yeah. deal with very commonly if you're a clinical psychologist apart from depression and anxiety is well behavior therapists offer assertiveness training and now the people who need assertiveness training are all often people who are too agreeable compassionate polite by temperament now the problem with that is that they let every other they let people walk all over them because mm. they don't they don't stand up enough for themselves and the consequence of that is they get resentful and then they get bitter mm. and then they get conniving and then they get and then they'll mob and so <laughs> because they're not they'll do anything for everyone else but okay so if uh marginalized people stand up for themselves and go on social media and say hey by the way you're a transphobe hey by the way you're a racist hey by the way this take is yikes that's apparently worse than fascism that that is like i would i would prefer a fascist to that but in the opposite direction the problem is essentially that they don't stand up for themselves enough and then they become this mob mentality at which point that's when the cancel gets cultured you know that's how that's how it makes sense they push themselves beyond their limits mm. and they and then they won't even recognize the limits because they feel well if i'm not doing everything for you then then i'm not a good person it's like no a good person does a little for you like if i'm acting properly with you say in this conversation there's something in it for you mm. and there's something in it for me right, right? and we want that to be reciprocal mm. and so the cost of me... Yeah, but you understand, Jordan, if Pierce Morgan sat there the whole time and was like, you have a fucking baby dick. You have the smallest dick on the planet. Are you going to sit there and be like, oh, what's in this conversation for me? I don't know if I'm enjoying this. He's like, oh, your dick is so small. It's a fucking, it's a button, blah, blah, blah. You'd probably be like, I, I don't enjoy this. This is not a pleasant conversation. I'm not having fun, for one. You know what? You should probably change your tone, sir. You should watch your language. This is not nice. Are, are you then canceling Pierce Morgan? In the opposite direction, are are you suddenly like you know is that cancel is that fascism? Have have you fascismed Pierce Morgan? Ending too far in your direction is that I'll become bitter and resentful and conniving, and and that and resentment is an unbelievably toxic state of being. Take a short break. I want to come back and talk to you about what, a random collection of people: Cristiano Ronaldo, the most famous footballer on the planet, the greatest in my opinion, and also Olivia Wilde, who's made a movie in which she said it's about you because you're the Just guy, the bad guy, the drives. A trouble in his life a few months ago, and a friend of his sent him some of my videos, and he said he had watched those, and then he read my book, one of my books. And then, having developed that vision, That's what the are the strategies that might be put in place to make that more likely? And again, each other. Um, but actually, it was clearly very helpful. Well, I hope so. That would be lovely if it was true.
It's a weird position, isn't it? There's you, Dr. Jordan Peterson, this guy that comes out of Canada lecturing students. And then you're at the home of the greatest football player of all time. Yeah. And you're genuinely helping him. I mean, Ronaldo... No, I don't care about that story. He said this to his son. He was getting a bit spoiled and entitled and moaning about being Rocky's son and so on. And he says this to him. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean what and nasty happening? place. And I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, now go out and get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that and that ain't you. You're better than that. I love that. Yeah, it's good. What do you think of it? Well, that ethos was what lifted up Sylvester Stallone to start him very rapidly Mm. with his first movie. And... But then why didn't you follow those rules, you know, because uh, you had a problem with addiction, of which I'm not going to shame you for. It's a terrible thing to have an addiction problem. And then you went from having a problem with addiction to then uh, using the method where you would be put into a medically induced coma to not have to deal with the results, uh, you know, of the uh, withdrawal symptoms. That's that's not exactly what Rocky was advocating for there. You know, I, I would say that you were going in opposition to what Rocky Balboa was proposing. What do I think about that? I think that young people are literally dying for that message. I really, and I mean literally, they're so demoralized. It's just beyond belief. And so one of the things that's been painful about what I've been doing with my wife as we've traveled around the world for the last number of years is to see how... Is this toxic masculinity? I wouldn't say so. I'd say that it is good advice to be like, you know what? Be the best version of yourself that you can be. But to say that like you will be defined in your ability to take punches and be hit is just kind of weird. Um, ultimately, yeah, my, my philosophy is maximize yourselves. Everyone should maximize and try to become the best version of yourselves. Uh, you know, you could probably be healthier. You could probably exercise more. You could probably, uh, you know, educate yourselves more, whatever it is, but also find a balance between that and enjoying your life because if you don't enjoy your life what's the entire purpose of having life but maximize yourselves but once you understand that framework then you also have to understand how society itself is structured in such a way that it can be oppressive to different people for different things and i mean the republicans and the gop and the conservatives in canada they're making it very very clear who they want to oppress like, it's just straight up, uh, we want uh, half of the population, anyone who's a woman, to not have bodily autonomy. Uh, we want to just eliminate trans kids from the earth. Uh, we are completely fine with black families in America having way less median uh, income than white families in America. We are fine with rampant uh, arrests of indigenous people. Uh, we are fine with indigenous women making up 50% of the prison population in Canada, despite making 2.5% of the population of Canada. So half of the women in prison in this country are from a demographic that makes up 2.5% of the country, but we're fine with all of this. We want this to continue and we want these systems to perpetuate themselves and can over and over and over and over and over. Like, you have to also acknowledge that. It's not just, hey, kid, you know, when you get knocked down, you'll be defined by how you get back up, you know? Uh, if you can take a punch, get back up, that's what'll define you. And that's what makes a man. A man is someone who can take a couple hits and then gets back up and goes out and fights again. You know, persistence. That's a man. And it's like, okay, well, yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's a good thing. Persistence is good. And it's good to be able to uh, rise from uh, oppression or adversity. It is. But we can say that and also say that we are also marginalizing and impre- oppressing people at the same time. We can, we can do both things. It's really good if you if you can take a hit and get back up. It's also probably not a healthy society if we're kind of stratifying people into groups. Like, you know, the, the rich and the poors, the, the white and the black, the, the cis and the trans, like all these kind of things. Like, the, we probably shouldn't do that. We can agree with this. Desperate people are for an encouraging word. Let's take a break and find out the what gamers and the normies. I want to know why a lot of young people are very anxious about life. Why is that? And what's the best way for them to come through it? Yep. We'll deal with that after the break. More from Jordan Peterson in a few minutes. Well, welcome back to this special edition of Piers Morgan Uncensored, one-on-one with Dr. Jordan Peterson. We left him on the cliffhanger with Rocky Balboa and his address to his son about how to grow a pair, for want of a better phrase. Um, this idea that... 
Rude Goblin says, I think the issue is sort of advice and mentality is that you beat yourself up for failing or giving up or for not being strong enough. We're completely inundated with the get over it and move on message, but not nearly balanced enough with the be kind to yourself when you fail. It's okay to let things go message. Also true. That's where I would say we get wrapped into the toxic mask. Okay, that that part is a toxic mask. If it's basically that like, you know, you take a hit, son, you better get back up and then go out fighting twice as hard. And if you don't, you're a coward or a bitch or a fucking pussy or any of these kind of things it's like you should also be able to love yourself that's something that should you know it's it's okay to love yourself just as it's okay to love others actually your life is defined not so much by success because you're everyone's friend when you're successful but by the knocks you inevitably are going to get whether it's through losing loved ones losing a job you know, losing a car, whatever it may be, you're going to get hit by blows in your life of differing magnitude. Mm -hmm. And I've always believed that how you deal with the, the downside of life really defines how you lead the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Well, the, the clip is very interesting because it starts out with the admission that life is brutally difficult and, and sometimes unbearably brutally difficult. And, and you can see the progressives playing with that notion. It, it's, it's, it, it's warped into the sense of victimization, but it does, does reflect some understanding of the underlying tragic reality of life. And so it's good to get that right out on the table to begin with. Mm. Say, well, you're miserable, you have your reasons. And they might be deep reasons. But if you let the misery demoralize you and make you bitter and cynical and cowardly and make you withdraw, then, first of all, that's a failure in the highest sense on your part, and all it's going to do is make everything worse. And then you might think, well, what do you have to, to, to respond to that? How do you respond to that c catastrophe and challenge? And the answer is, and this is what Rocky is telling his son in no uncertain terms, is like... Terrible as things are, Rocky. there's a lot more to you than you can possibly imagine. And that if you face those things forthrightly and with some faith and courage, then no medically you, induced can, comas. You, can, you can have the adventure of your life and prevail even over catastrophe. And I, that's I, true. Right. So, I, mean, I, I couldn't really get my head around why so many young people feel so anxious all the time compared to when I was young, when it just that wasn't really a, a big thing amongst my friendship group, certainly. Why, why are young people anxious, uncertain about the future? Hmm, tough one to think about. Uh, what a riddle. We'll never uncover this. Fucking, how will we ever know? Why is it that they're into really post-ironic humor? Why is it that they're into movements like birds aren't real or fucking whatever drag or Greg is? Like, why? 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 Uh, every time I turn on the news, it's just nothing but a flood of amazing things and nothing stopping these amazing things from happening every single day. I'm a fucking old-ass millennial, all right? I I was alive before the internet existed, and I'm uncertain about the future, okay? I can't imagine what it would be like to be a fucking 15 or 16-year-old where it's like, okay, so here's here's the game, all right? You play by the rules, you go to school, and then you go to college. I can't afford college. Well, okay, so you can get a student loan, and then you can go to college, uh, and then hopefully you'll be able to pay that off and not be in perpetual debt for the rest of your life. Oh, there is a thing called interest. Don't worry. You'll find out about that later. So then you go to college, uh, you get into a career that you want, and then you get out of school, and then you get yourself the job. It's like there's not a lot of jobs in my field because uh, we're currently in the middle of a recession or depression and there's a lot of problems. Seems like climate change is affecting a lot of industries. Uh, oh, shit. My town is underwater. Yeah, yeah. It's like Florida has flooded. There is you can see the houses moving in the, like it, it's it now nah, it's gone. It's, it's just gone. Like a lot of places are gone. A lot of places are underwater right now. I wonder why people would be a little bit stressed out, you know, and here's the only like thing uh, I'll probably agree with the right on. Social media plays a large part in this. Uh, I say this as a social media addict, as a Twitter addict. Like, uh, social media and its reinforcement of just perpetuating the most fucking inflammatory, angry content that keeps you glued to their systems and keeps you uh, engaged. And the slot machine uh, aspect of it where you just get, like, new and resorted. Like, yes, that obviously exacerbates all this. But holy fuck, can I ever understand? Like, I am someone on paper who has, like, a lot of the check marks that the right talks about. I'm in a committed relationship with a partner, have a dog, have a job that I like, you know, I I'm successful in my field. All these kind of things. And I am perpetually, like, what does the future hold? So for a kid, for a 15-year-old, like, yeah, I imagine it's that multiplied by magnitude I can't even, like, picture, you know? Like, just, just every single day. What, what, what does the future hold? Where, where is this all going? I'm, like, trying to get through my day at school. Meanwhile, the adults uh, who run the world are just completely fine with the potential extinction of all life on Earth. So uh, how do I balance that, you know? But I reckon it's two things. One, social media, uh, the constant bombardment of other people having a great time or looking great, often the false yeah. imagery and like, having to live up to false ideals. But also a conversation I had with Dr. Phil in America where 
his explanation for it was good, that he said, reference. you've got to understand that social media means that young people now are being bombarded all day long and all night long with quite shocking imagery. And he gave an example. He said, when I was young, he said, if a crocodile ate somebody on a golf course in Florida, the chances are I would never have heard about it. It probably wouldn't have made the national news, probably wouldn't have even made... The... Okay, well, are you reducing this to, like, gore? <laughs> the problem is the images, you know? Like, if you're a kid on social media for hours every single day, it's not the AI-driven, capitalist, fucking uh, stock-enhancing, uh, consumer-driven, fucking uh, watching incendiary content as much as possible. It's the pictures. I mean, one day you may see uh, a very exotic pair of boobas, you know? What, what does that do to a kid if they see very large memories? And, and then, on top of that, the, the, the dead alligator, you know? That, I, I think this is what's fucking the kids up. Yeah, this is the problem. State news, and I wouldn't have heard about this incident. Now, it's quite likely... On top of that, you have adults asking what you want to do for a living, as if you have a choice in capitalism. You know what's fucked? Like... The fact that if you go to or if you socialize with people, you're at a party and you're you're meeting people the first time, every single person is defined by their jobs, not by who they are. It's not like, so what are you as as a person? What are you about? It's like, so what do you do? Oh, uh, I, I work as an IT manager for a small tech firm over blah, blah, blah. Oh, cool. Why, why did you want to get into that? Um, well, it paid better than the, the previous opportunity I had, which was at a smaller firm. And, uh, yeah, I, I guess I, I kind of just fell into that. Um, I'll probably try to merge into something different, maybe a different sector, uh, if, if possible. But that's, uh, yeah, that's what I do. Okay. Well, that's who you are. You are IT person that forever, but that's, that's, that's the sum total of who you are as a human. A video of the Queen of Mary's Oakville, Ontario, having a meltdown. Would be whipping its way around social media within. People are protesting Oakville, Trafalgar High School. Oh, the teacher with the massive prosthetic breasts. Okay, I'm waiting to see uh, what this is. I have seen already, and I, I want this to be debunked, but I, I want to see if this was some kind of like a right wing. I don't know. Because there's been people online saying, like, this doesn't make sense. How did uh, this individual get away with this at the school for so long? Uh, what exactly is going on? Uh, Samer, thank you. Or Samer? Uh, Samer, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Um, but the the teacher with the enormous prosthetic breasts that Tucker Carlson can't, can't stop talking about, and talking about expansion porn and all that kind of stuff, like, that dress code clearly, clearly violates their standards and practices. Tucker mixed up the name of the teacher. I saw that one. But something isn't right. This doesn't, like, something seems entirely off about this story. Off an hour. And young kids will be sharing it, disseminating it, and being exposed to this constant imagery all the time of quite unsettling and shocking imagery. What do you think of that theory? And that well, in, I think that in itself was adding to a sense of everything's terrible. Well, I think it's a corollary of an information overload theory, right? I mean, one of the advantages to having to having the computational power we have is that everything is at your fingertips. A sense that everything is terrible. So we're reaching a point right now where I believe, what is it, six human beings own like half the wealth of the entire planet? Like, And that's not changing? We're just continuously funneling money into the hands of the very few? Things are getting worse. I think people need to reckon with that. Stop doing this weird-ass Steven Pinker thing where it's like, well, actually, by all metrics, the life has become exceedingly better for every single person in every single way. As you can see, uh, complete overall poverty Poverty has decreased rapidly, blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, uh, what if you take China out, out of your equation? I'm not going to do that. No, I'm not. Uh, if I took China out of this, <laughs> yeah. uh, the numbers are really different. Also, I'm not going to change the number in relation to how much abject poverty is. I'm going to keep it at about $2 a day. And I'm like, well, there, there's a lot of parts of the world where they don't even earn that. Yeah, yeah, true true but that would hurt that would hurt my overall theory because i have a theory and rather than trying to find out if it's real or not i just want to put it out there that life is getting better for everybody in the world uh, how's that climate change doing yeah we're uh oof, we're we're barreling towards the 1.5 eh? i remember thinking the 1.5 was uh that was like we can't get there don't don't do that. If we do that, it's dangerous. It's very dangerous. It, it'll have catastrophic events. It, it'll start to have effects on so many different uh, planetary systems, as well as population densities, as well as migration, mass death, starvation. We can't do one five. Let's let's collectively work together because we're all on the same team. We'll never get to that number. And now it's like we need to start embracing 
that we're going to be hitting the 1.5 real fast. Real fast. Yeah. Back in the day, 1.5 was seen as like, we'll never get there. We will stop that. We are better than that collectively as humanity. Now it's like, okay, so we're going to hit the 1.5. What we need to start thinking about is what 2 will do. What what will what, 2 will do? What's the ocean rise? What's the levels? What's the, you know, how much, the blah, blah, blah. Hey, Pakistan's underwater. That's the thing. Florida too now. Yeah, the, the east coast of Canada. Yeah, it seems seems like these extreme weather events are becoming more extreme, you know? Maybe we should do something about that. Maybe we shouldn't keep subsidizing the oil and gas companies. Maybe we should do a windfall tax at the very least on these companies to pay for the damage and destruction that the profits they reap are basically causing on the earth. That would be that would be nice, right? But hey, and the disadvantage is that everything's in your face. And by everything it might be 40 million pornographic images. Like, that's a lot. Or an endless... Oh, he went there. I was joking about the boobas. <laughs> yeah, so when, when I log into Twitter, and I do follow quite a few sex workers, I, I'm not bombarded with 40 million pornographic images. I mean, if I wanted to see 40 million pornographic images, I could. I, I do have access to that thanks to the internet. But I don't think uh, placing the blame on social media and just the hyper-proliferation of pornography uh, would be distinctly in their hands, you know? I, 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 don't, think that's, I don't think that's the thing. It's array of tragic scenarios and really endless. And so that's a problem. And the problem... Also, I'm just saying this as someone who loves tits. Uh, I, when I see tits, they don't make me anxious. I, I, I don't see a pair of breasts. And I'm like, oof, man, the depression is ramping up. I mean, I can't say that for people who might not enjoy uh, the female breast. Uh, maybe there are amongst you who enjoy female breasts and they also give you depression. But I, I don't know. It doesn't... That's just, that's just one guy's opinion. The fundamental problem is how do you handle the fire hose of information, and no one really knows the answer to that. But we should also point out that it's no wonder that young people are demoralized and anxious because we're doing everything we can to demoralize them and make them anxious. So on the masculine front, we, we tell oh young God. boys that, well, the world's a terrible patriarchal tyranny, and all of that patriarchal tyranny, which is the whole explanation for history, has done nothing but oppress and exploit people and destroy the planet. And so that any manifestation of that masculine impulse on your part is equivalent to the world-destroying force. Well, all all so, masculinity now is... Oh my god, that is such a fucking straw man. I, I'm going to use the word man here. Straw man for sure. Yeah. Uh, patriarchy is bad for men and for women, you know? It's, it's, it is it's is a destructive force. I don't know. Uh, having the history of humanity led primarily by men, the males, uh, has had some pretty devastating consequences. We're getting better. We're certainly moving in, in a more, uh, let's say, equitable direction, but not nearly fast enough. And I'm not one of those people who's like, you know, if women ran the world, there would be no suffrage. If only women ran the world, uh, we would have no problems. No, that's kind of weird and monolithic and trying to make it seem as if all women are amazing too. Look at Italy, okay? Girl bosses who are fascists are still fascists. Doesn't matter if we're doing the liberal fucking Hillary Clinton loves it because it happens to be a woman, so it's a good thing, actually. Um, but at the same time, yeah, we, we should be ending patriarchy. We, we really should. And, I mean, I think that starts from the ground on up. We should start or stop trying to impose so many things on dudes, you know? Stop trying to make dudes think that they have to be the conquerors. Stop making dudes think that they have to be able to get anything they want whenever they want it. Doesn't matter if it has consent or not, but you're a dude. You gotta succeed. You're a man. Don't show emotion. Be strong. You know? Conquer. Conquer. Oop branded toxic yeah and i remember i think that the toxic. key moment for me came when gillette who'd always had these very masculine commercials yeah. with the big guy i'm here for the lobster daddy tears there has not been any yet makes vivian wolf I'm, I'm i've been sad i uh, the thumbnail lied to me they used like the thumbnail of this has the lobster daddy tears and you know the sweet salt is keeping his body from his all salt and meat diet but i such it a is. baby or whatever it may be no no Lance, i think you're onto something women are supposed to run the house and the home isn't it just uh, isn't the world just everyone's house and home stereotypes are totally correct women should run global house and home for all time and also they will clean it that's the best part about these stereotypes if women ran the world they'll also clean the world because they are you know predetermined to be cooks and uh, chefs and cleaners so uh you can become uh the leaders of the world you can be the politicians the prime ministers the presidents you'll have all the positions and then you can also make the sandwiches and and, and clean up corruption there you go we got it uh, they suddenly switched gears and did a campaign where it started with a lot of me too imagery and basically the assumption that all men are awful until they can prove otherwise mm -hmm. and i predicted in the column this would be a complete disaster for them and sure enough nine billion dollars later they did a screeching u-turn and went back to the big guy cuddling the babies because actually two things i think about that one most men are not awful actually uh, and well, not all the time no, no some men are obviously um some women 
you said that we all have Hitler inside us and we all have Stalin inside us and it needs to be activated and that's how fascism, okay. Pretty awful. Uh, but no. Not, but not most of them. But if you try saying that, they're not no. getting cancelled. Um, but I think also this thing that you've got into trouble about, which I don't understand why, that you believe that most women probably quite like their men to be strong oh, and confident. shit, here we go. I don't here believe we go. that. All the data shows right. that clearly. It okay. has cultural samples and has for 50 years. Plus everyone Anecdotally, knows most Hey, this is a very generic thing you've just said. Like, they want all people... Sorry, all women want all men to be strong and confident. First off, confident. Yeah, everyone likes confidence. Doesn't... Like, confidence is infectious. Confidence is reassuring. Confidence is nice. Obviously, I would say that goes in both directions. I Men would like confident women as well, you know? Not too confident. They need to know their place, put on their makeup, and of course, cook us sandwiches. But ultimately, yeah, fine. Confident. Strong. What do you mean by strong? Strong can mean so many things. Strength of character? Strength of will? Do you mean physically strong? Do you need men to just have massive muscles the whole time? Do they all need to look like young Schwarzeneggers? Well, I mean, there are some women who would like that. There are some men who would enjoy that. Uh, but I, I will say there's also women who don't want that. There's not a one-size-fits-all for this shit. Well, all, all, all the data shows strong, confident men. I mean, yeah, obviously. If you were given a polling data and it was like, would you uh, prefer a malnourished, drug-addicted uh, uh, person living in abject poverty versus a strong, confident man? Which of the two do you want? And be like... Hmm, uh, I mean, I, I don't really want to have someone who looks like they're on steroids, but the other option, hmm, okay, let's, let's go with, let's go with the strong, confident one. Women I know, I think, would absolutely agree. Why is it that you've been so vilified for suggesting something which is so palpably true? Well, I think, first of all, that annoys narcissistic women, no end. And it annoys people who thinks that, think that there are no biological or cultural limits on how we manifest our behaviors. And also, it, it frightens a large number of women because many... Ladies, you hear that? All you narcissists out there? He got you. He, he clocked you. <laughs> ...women have never had a good relationship with anyone masculine in their life. And so the notion that they would need oh, to wow. establish a trusting relationship with a man, especially if he's also in something approximating a superordinate position, which is much what they might like to find him maximally attractive, also implies that they're in some sense going to be under his sway. And if there's no trust there, well, that's absolutely terrifying. And I have some sympathy for that because there are no shortage of women out there who've never had a positive relationship with anyone masculine. And so they're very, they're completely unable to discriminate between narcissistic... Oh, sorry, I missed a couple of these. Uh, first off, uh, uh, what, Salmer, thank you for the thank you for the uh, the subscription. Tinde Seldarine, thank you very much. Clean up your room. I agree with the sentiment. And Elemental Joy one. Every time Peterson says narcissism or narcissist, take a shot. Hoof, uh, I would not be able to stream if I was doing a drink for every single time he says something related to. Uh, let's just say straw manning a position to be sexist, uh, then I would be completely fucking gassed right now. Power and compulsion and confident competence. Mm. And so because they can't distinguish that and they're afraid, they put all of that in the same category, which is something like the predator category. And, and that's not good for them because, Zoom well, that. as you said, all men aren't predators all the time. And We're they need to establish a relationship with them all the time. We're also in a very strange place. What, what, what the hell is this fucking misandry? I hate this idea. Dennis Prager does the same thing. Fucking just men-hating bullshit. As if all men are rape monsters. And, and you know, the, they're potential predators. But luckily, thanks to the Bible and society, it keeps them in check. It's what prevents the perpetual predatory behavior. Yes, those are the only things. And were they not there, we would revert to just mass rapes and all this kind of stuff. It's like, fucking, what is wrong with all of you? Where a lot like, are you self-reporting? Do, do both of you have these, like, desires that are constantly, like, is it a constant battle inside you? Inside, like, every man, there are two rapists, is that it? And, like, you have to determine which of those are you going to fight against every single day? ...of high-profile women will not say what they think a woman is. Yeah. Because yeah. they are... Katanji Brown-Jackson, the new member of the Supreme Court, in her nomination hearings, was asked the question, this is what she said. Can I provide a definition? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? N not in okay. this context. So I'm not a biologist. It was a riveting moment because you're like, you're going to... It was a riveting moment. Are you going to show the earlier part where she was like, question, what is a woman? And she's like, I know that I'm one. That's a really good answer. But you're not going to show it, are you? Gonna gonna cut to the other part because that part gets the clicks. Okay. The Supreme Court of the United States of America. Inside of you are two wolves. Both of them are gay. You're gay. Uh, uh, I'm only I'm only about twenty five percent gay, unfortunately. 
you're a woman. You're the first black woman on the court. And that in itself, I know you've raised eyebrows about why did Joe Biden go out there and say, we need to have a black woman? Why not just say we want the best person available? And then if she's the best person, get her on the court, which I completely agree with. But for her not to be able to commit to explaining what she thinks a woman is. And then I had a moment on this show where Macy Gray, the singer, did stick her neck out. And she said this. I will say this, and everybody's going to hate me, but as a woman, just because you go change your parts doesn't make you a woman. Right. Sorry. You feel that? I know that for a fact. Mm. Like, if you want me to call you a her, I will, because that's what you want. But that doesn't make you a woman just because I call you a her and just because you got a surgery. That sucks. Uh, my mom loved Macy Gray, and I used to listen to Macy Gray albums all the time growing up. I'm actually, like, I could probably sing Macy Gray songs off the top of my head because we played so much of it in our household. That's too bad. That would make sense. With sad. chilling predictability, Macy Gray stuck to her guns for a couple of days, and then the onslaught was so overwhelming mm-hmm. against mm-hmm. her. She had to go on national television in America, issue a groveling apology yeah. for everyone that she'd hurt. You took it back and apologized? Oh, that's good. With this statement of what many would think is just a statement of biological fact. Mm-hmm. How have we got biological to where facts. women are terrified of saying what a woman is? By the way, I love all the cis dudes who always fucking preach about masculinity and gender constructs and stuff who fucking look like Pierce Morgan, okay? I'm not like, I'm not trying to body shame it in any way, but I'm trying to say that there is absolutely no stereotype. We shouldn't be monolithic in this. It's not like, well, this is a man, clearly. Do, do you see the rippling muscles? Do you see the jawline? Yes, these Chad-like features. This is a man, but this is not a man. You see this person here? Too feminine, I'd say. Yes, we will not allow the cat boys into the entire masculine movement because they are a little too feminized. We can't have cat boys ruin this entire thing for us. It's like, why does there have to be a fucking standard? Why is it like a man can only be this one thing? It is so fucking rigid and honestly useless useless like uh, men can be a many splendid thing stop trying to reduce it to just like how big are the muscles you know and women who do say what they think it is i.e there are clear biological distinctions between a man and a woman they get destroyed well we've accepted this preposterous hypothesis that your identity is only subjectively defined and as i've tried to point out on some of my like in some of my lectures the only people who think their identity is subjectively defined are two-year-olds and i mean that technically Mm -hmm. because two-year-olds coming from the crowd that thinks the only thing that defines a dude is a fucking penis i'm sorry and i'm saying this is someone who loves dicks all right that's not the only defining feature of a man it's so weird you are nothing without your dick and testicles that is the only thing that defines a man a woman must have a birthing womb for without it she is not a woman and it's like okay you understand how this all falls apart because uh, women go through menopause some women are born barren there are intersex people yeah they exist unfortunately the entire idea of defining yourself based on what is between your legs is just super archaic and weird it just really is and it's just it's just silly at this point like we've we've come so far why are we trying to get back to this well there's just clear definitions you have to have a a cock and testicles worlds are egocentric which means they can't bring their identity in alignment with a a social norm which also means that two-year-olds can't play with other children they can play beside them but they can't play with them that doesn't happen John Otto says, my sister had a hysterectomy last week. What are her color now, peace? Uh, well, obviously, you cannot refer to her as a woman uh, because uh, she has lost the birthing capabilities, which means, of course, that you are now going to have to redefine her as something other. Until you're three. What happens when you're three, if you're reasonably well socialized or start to move towards that, is that you learn how to negotiate a social identity. Mm. And then identity becomes, obviously, it has a root, some roots in your subjectivity and in your biology, for that matter. But a sophisticated identity I mean, we could stack all the shit above itself right now, right? You could add the fact that they have this weird misinterested take that, like, men are potential predators and rapists uh, outside of, like, you know, things that can control that or tether that. Uh, And also the fact that uh, men are defined by their dicks, and that's it. So uh, if you do not have a cock, you are not a man kind of idea. And, uh, yeah, this is where you will find yourself in this weird-ass medieval version of the world. Only socially negotiated as the constructivists know perfectly well but it's also it's got a dynamism about it because it has to be constantly renegotiated like as we're having a conversation here to some degree we're renegotiating our mutual identities because we learn something from each other right. and so we transform right. we're also trying to figure out to some degree who each of us is in this situation and then we're also trying to learn can we play together towards mm-hmm. some 
productive end. And you might <laughs> can we play together? I just want to know: can we play together, Pierce? Let's have some fun. Dragon I'd or ask, chaos? Well, what do you mean play? And say, well, we're trying to have an interest. Yeah. So uh, if you were talking to someone and you're learning about them and you're learning aspects about them, you might not know when you first start talking to that person what their political beliefs are. Once you learn about their political beliefs, you might change how you feel about them, and or you might change how you associate what they are. So you might say, hey, you're now a right winger. Hey, you're now a left winger. Right? You understand, Jordan, that you are learning from that person and taking in new information. That's different, by the way, than the way people are born. So the things about them. And if someone tells you, it, you sh it should go well beyond just being like, hey, uh, I'm going to use the right pronouns because I don't want to be an asshole. But let's just say you're not a real woman. Let's just say, come on. I mean, if, if, if you haven't been born with a vagina or a womb, you can't be a woman. I mean, you wouldn't apply the standard to different, like, ethnic categories, right? You wouldn't say that, like, a black woman is not a woman. You, you wouldn't say that an Asian woman is not a woman. They're all women. There's, there's different kinds of women. I, I think that's what they need to kind of, like, appreciate here. That's, that's really what this comes down to conversation let's take another break i want to come back and talk to you about the royal family mm. in this country and the huge hell yeah. seismic moment hell in history yeah. we've just had we'll talk to jordan peterson after the break again welcome back for my final part with dr jordan peterson the royal family uh, and the death of this great queen and the extraordinary outpouring of love and respect not just here but around the world actually biggest event of its kind i think i've ever seen mm. what did you make of it what do you think of a monarchy in the modern age is it survivable well, I thought that what happened was extremely interesting psychologically because Queen Elizabeth stood for or embodied a whole set of virtues, which is the right way of thinking about it, that aren't in the least bit fashionable, but in fact, they're the inverse of fashionable in some sense, but are desperately needed. And so you might say humility, uh, dutifulness, uh, careful emotional self-regulation, discretion, uh, the antithesis of narcissism. Uh, all of that, and she managed it extraordinarily well for 70 years. And so whenever things go too far in one direction, there's a tremendous unconscious or implicit desire for something that would set it right. And that's what you saw happen. And, and not only on, on the personal front, but there's also all the pomp and ceremony, which is also archaic and, and unfashionable, that was all part of that, that you Brits managed so spectacularly. That was all. People are just dying for that, for that, for that beauty. What, what that I felt was I felt like the country before this happened, two weeks ago, you know, before it, it felt like the whole country was in a shambolic state, that mm -hmm. everything was going wrong in our country. And in a way, the death of the Queen unified us in a way we hadn't been for a long time, yeah. certainly since Brexit. Um, no one was talking about hot-button political issues or social issues. They were all talking about one thing. I mean, it also reinforced our national identity. Oh, yeah. In, in a way that actually way. made the, the world look on with great awe. Yeah. about the, the procession, our military, our royal family, mm. the country. It made people feel good about Britain again yeah. and therefore made British people feel good about themselves again. Yeah, well, you guys have lots to feel good about. And that's not the standard mantra of the modern world. You know, this is an unbelievably admirable country for all its flaws. And so... What and do you find reminder. admirable about us? English common law, the, the, the tradition of free speech, the sardonic and self-effacing humour that's so much a part of the culture... The our ability to queue for 13 hours yeah, to, politely. See, to see a, a woman lying in state who's not even a member of our family. Right, right. Well, and to do, right. well, and to do that peacefully and to do that in a spirit of mutual goodwill mm -hmm. and come to a place like London, it's unbelievably um, ethnically diverse and yet it functions extraordinarily well. And What are your best traits and what are the, the worst traits of Dr Jordan Peterson? Well, I think that it's been difficult for me to, to optimally regulate my irritation at times over the last few years. Um, and I'm trying to get that right, to figure out what the right... Because a lot of things that have happened have outraged me, and then I'm not exactly sure what emotional tone to take as a consequence of that outrage, and that's a very complicated thing to figure out. And that's been exacerbated, that problem, by the fact that I have been, my family and I have been the targets of very conniving um, and, and attacks, and underground attacks, and that isn't stopping. I mean, Another I, time when your wife was uh, fighting a deadly cancer. Yeah, and my, my daughter was sick, and so was I. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's very difficult to regulate your, your temper properly so under I. those circumstances, let's say. And so Jordan Peterson I don't imagine... Where have you most improved well. yourself, do you think, as you've got older? I get better and better at listening, hmm. you know, and I'm better and better at finding my way forward with the words that I choose. And that's just... A, it's just a continual, in some sense, ex incremental expansion. I probably got better, too, at seeking out corrective information. Hmm. So, for example, I got banned from Twitter recently for making a statement that I don't regret, by the way. Um, but I had of a friend of mine, two friends of mine, grill me, and I put that on YouTube, 
It's called Meme Tweets. Mm -hmm. the, the, it was an hour and a half, I said. And one of them, both of them are very, very smart people. One of them's more liberal than I am, I would say, and, but a very good advocate mm -hmm. for that liberal position. And I, I said, well, let's hash this out. There's some things I've said that have made people angry, and you think I made them unnecessarily angry. It's two hours and 26 minutes. Dumb is a more... First of all, and second of all, you and I had the conversation. Maybe it might be that the people who are responding to it—that's too much, Peterson. To all come from one <laughs> I'm not gonna. Side. I'm not gonna watch this whole thing. So, but your point still well taken. Well, well, you can hear. Let, let's call it dog whistles, and by that I don't mean the connotation that it is actually a dog whistle for something that is racist or fascist. Right. So it's but not people conspiratorial. Hear it as such. Right. Uh, I don't think if, if you're referencing, I don't know if he's referencing the transphobia, but if he's referencing the transphobia, that's like those weren't dog whistles. That, that like Peterson got banned, and this is really funny that it happened after the would not smash shit. But Peterson got banned effectively for not only dead naming Elliot Page, uh, but also like going off like why are you inserting yourself into the health care of other people it is so fucking strange. All of these right wing to far right conservatives, every single one of them, they are like. I don't want to inject myself into the healthcare of women I have never met or men I have never met. Like, that's the weirdest thing. Like, you want to restrict abortions? You want to force people to give birth against their will? I've never had, like, that would never dawn on... That's so weird. Like, why? Why do you care about a stranger that you've never met once? Why do you care if a trans man like Elliot Page fucking wants to get surgery? What What does that have to do with you? How does that concern you? It, it, it means nothing to you. That's the fucked up thing. I just... I can't wrap my head around it. Uh... You want to restrict the rights of people when it doesn't concern you. You don't want gay people to be married. You're not gay. It, it doesn't affect your life. It takes nothing away from you if gay people get married. You're not a woman. You're not a woman with a womb. You can't give birth. So, like, why do you want to restrict the rights of those people in every way? That's the fucked up thing. Like, across the board, every single one of these bigotries, it doesn't matter if it's like, you're not black. You're not a black person. Why are you going, like, going to try and perpetuate systems that disproportionately keep black people in poverty and going to jail? Why? I, I like again. I, you're not indigenous. <laughs> like I could keep on going thing after thing after thing. So why do you want to make their lives worse? Why why do you want to fucking prevent them from doing things? Why do you want to restrict what they do? It's the, the bigotry across the board doesn't concern you in terms of affecting your life. None of it does. Like your life is not going to be negatively impacted by this. It's wild. It's absolutely fucked. And like we can run through the list of every single way they want to marginalize people in other communities and none of it matters to them. Like it does not affect them. You, you, your day will not change. And that I was unnecessarily harsh in my tone. Did they change your mind? They changed my approach. You know, because one of the things I decided right. was that I would try to be equally judicious in my words, but that I would use a, a calmer and more measured tone. And I don't mean use instrumentally. I mean that I would attempt to make the effort to... Okay, let's be real. Uh, the tone was not the problem. If anything, the tone was the best part about this. Jordan Peterson needs to lean into this hard, okay? I want more Red Skull shit. I want more up yours, woke moralists. Uh, fucking, this, it's the funniest fake anger I think I've ever seen in my life. It's absolutely hilarious. It's darling. The internet has had a hell of a time with it. Let's keep that going, all right? Uh, we need to encourage it. We need way more of it. Whoever is working behind the scenes, whoever these friends are uh, that are trying to like get him to like reduce his anger his fucking anger uh shame on you shame on all of you you have blood on your hands i want more fucking angry peterson rants okay i want i want more shit that we can just infinitely meme let's keep this going it's it's like i i, I don't want this train to stop take as much if conservatives truly were capitalists, they would be for all trans people because the financial costs you got to pay over extra lifetime skyrockets. So logically, you'd want trans people because it supports medical system because they don't care about the money. The primary capitalist conservation, uh, it's a conservative foundation, is all about controlling other people. Yes, uh, to a point, right? There's always that crossover because civil rights movements, which often are involving direct action by marginalized communities, whether it's like gay people uh, doing the civil rights, uh, you know, uh, black people doing civil rights, all that kind of stuff, uh, that comes with a lot of sacrifice and blood and broken bones and arrests and lifetime sentences and shit like that. All of that, like, paving the way for these, you know, Overton window shifts. And then once that Overton window shifts, 
obviously from a capitalist and corporate standpoint they're all looking at that and like okay so this is the way the world is now we're going to start doing the rainbow flags we're going to start doing the kneeling stuff we're going to do all the like the black lives matter stuff we're on board we care about these issues now uh because they're no longer dangerously contentious on the streets in the same way that they were say 30 or 40 years ago that's like that's when all of a sudden they jump on board with it unnecessary emotion out of the statement as possible and so i started to do that i did not i did know that videos. non-binary I mean, I tried to do that before. Yeah, I think we saw that in a documentary that interview with kathy newman went well was because i kept my head yeah and i didn't get irritated i had a yeah, she's a good friend of mine and i watched it with great interest because i felt like you were slightly on parallel lines mm-hmm. and that maybe she would do that interview differently if she had her time again actually. i think that's highly possible yeah yeah so so yes I, I changed my approach quite dramatically and what happened was that I read a Telegraph article I recently published about Deloitte, and it was a very cutting article. And I was really worried about publishing mm. it because I think it was the most cutting article I've ever written. And I read it you on YouTube very, very calmly and carefully. And what happened Maybe. was I got the response was that much are pictures more of vegetables and much less I th- you know what I, so I'm gonna was... I'm, I would posit Jordan Peterson masturbates to pictures of vegetables because he longs for the time when he was allowed to have things that weren't just meat you know maybe like a, a basket of oranges you know see he like just or maybe even like a bottle of vitamin c like he takes a bottle of vitamin c out of the shelf puts it down and then that's that's gonna be about the next uh let's say four to five minutes right there okay oh yeah oh yeah no Life downside scurvy. to it. So people didn't say... Some people or said, I, you know, I think that I like your tone when you were more aggressive, especially on issues like this. But by and large... Did I watch the new the Studios? I got in the first, like, I'd say 25% of it, but I haven't finished it. It's, uh, it's in my to-watch list. It had all... It worked even better because I could be careful in what I was discriminating. And then to ally that with calmness actually made it more potent mm. rather than less. And so that was very interesting. And yeah, and I mean... I mean we- um, he's going to get scurvy or suffer liver failure. Like, let's be real. I think all of these carnivore, uh, carnivore diet, uh, you know, Michaela Peterson advocates, all of those groups, I think they're taking supplements. Like, you, you could not literally just eat raw meat and salt all day, every day. Like, all the time. Like, you know, you would have scurvy like sailors used to get. Um, I I think they take supplements or they enjoy an orange every now and then or I don't know, whatever they got to do to get some fancy in their lives. But like, I I don't think they're literally eating raw meat and salt all the time. I I mean, I could be wrong, but like, you know, I I think Jordan Pearson would have lesions if that was the case. We had a very serious discussion about this, my, my friends and I. I had a lot of people with me in Miami when this was happening across the political spectrum. We had a very healthy debate for a couple of hours about whether or not I had gone beyond some reasonable limit in the way I was conducting myself, say, on YouTube and Twitter. Mm-hmm. And some people were very strongly advocating for more of what I was doing and even harsher. And others were saying, well, you're alienating people that you could otherwise communicate with unnecessarily. See, it's interesting about the listening. Like One of my sons, too, my sons have come today because they just want to listen to this. Very unusual. Wait, none of this was about the fucking tone. No one cares that you were a fucking uh, cartoon supervillain clown. Like that—that that was that was the best part about it. It was the shit you were saying, like just outward bigotry, hardcore transphobia, going through this entire weird. Like it was so much more work for him to be transphobic in that video. The fact that he had to like record himself being like he, she, they, she, they, he, he, she, they. Like that. It's this is so much more work to be a bigot. You know, you were going through the trouble of adding. All these other pronouns just to be like, oh, what, what is anyone really? He, she, they, we can just be anything we want. We can just decide whatever. Like, like it, it was terrible. It was so much more work. Clinical diagnosis, Pete. Well, you're probably optimally disagreeable for your, for your profession, you know, because you can listen, but you're also not a pushover. And that's a very, that's a very fine line, right? Because if you're too assertive or aggressive, then uh, you get I'd say he's more of a taint. Enough, then you're a pushover. Yeah. And, to be a, and this was also the case he's, with Kathy He's kind of just a She's taint. quite disagreeable. And that's, that's a masculine trait, by the way. And it was one of the things... I think she'd gone into it, in a way, so how we started the interview. She'd gone into it, I think, with Disagreed. a preconceived idea of what you would be like and sort of stuck to that. Yeah. She's actually a very skillful journalist and interviewer. And I was surprised the way that interview went when I was watching it. Uh-huh. And I think it was because she just had an idea of what she thought you would be. Well, I think she probably, I think she also had an outcome, an idea of what the optimal outcome of the interview mm. might be. And I think a lot of the journalists who've gone after me in some sense. Okay, this is so boring. There's been like three good moments. Oh, by that time, you know, oh. th- as far as, as oh, critic, critics time. go, that was kind of low level. I mean, once I got painted as... Red Skull, you know, magical ah. super Nazi. That was kind of the end of the insults. There's no place past that. So 
<laughs> when Olivia Wilde made those comments, the first thing I did was go look at the preview for the movie, which I quite liked. I thought I would go see that movie probably, and perhaps I will. It didn't really bother me. My, my family and I talked about it right away, and we were able to respond to it with some degree of humor, which then people completely misunderstood. I said I hope that, you know, that if I had to be played by someone, he's a very good-looking man, and so that seems all right, you know, and then... I, oh, yeah, I forgot how creepy that was with the whole weird-ass energy between Michaela and Jordan, where she was just like... Oh, it's, it's really cool that, that actor is playing my dad. It's just, wow. Said something like, I hope he gets my, my uh, fashion style choice right when he <laughs> plays me. And it was a joke. All that was a joke. I mean, right. You've been so controlled today. And yet in that brief moment, you got very emotional. Why? It's really something to see... Constantly. How many? When did you zoom in? Fucking Sky News. All of a sudden, <laughs> it's like. Oh, hey. People are dying for a lack of an encouraging word. People are dying for lack of an encouraging. Okay, this is why your tears are so strange. I say this as someone who advocates for men crying and showing emotion. Men should be able to show their emotions. I'm not going to vilify you for showing emotions. I am going to vilify what you're showing emotions for, though. Like, that's that's not why people are suffering in the world. If you want to be like, I am so emotional because of the mass suffering. Cool. Can you identify what's causing it? It's not like, oh... If only for a kind word, if only were it not for the cancel culture, the cancel culture, it has destroyed society. And how easy it is to provide that if you're careful, you know, give credit where credit is due and to say. Yeah, I agree. Okay. I think people should say nice things to each other. I think the world would be better. If people said nice things to each other, for sure. Tell your homies you love them and don't say no homo after because you can just say you love them. You don't have to be weirdly homophobic after you say you love another man. It's a beautiful thing. Men should love men and men should be proud about it. And hey, it, it, for, for everything related to that world. But that's not the thing causing the mass amount of human suffering in the world. It would be a great thing if people did it, but you should also be able to identify a lot of other things. Structural racism, white supremacy, exploitation under capitalism, mass amounts of pollution, mass amounts of carbon dioxide being put into the atmosphere because, again, the previous things I mentioned, profit motive under capitalism, mass starvation despite the fact that we're producing a lot of food on the world. In the West, we throw out half of our food, half of it, ugly vegetables in the garbage with you. Oh, it's not a perfect looking carrot in the garbage. Like, there's a lot of things that are making the world a worse place. I would not just go on fucking national television in Australia and just like turn to the camera and begin fucking weeping because people are saying mean things. Because fucking cancel culture. Like that that's why this is absolutely absurd. Absolutely absurd. Not the fact that he's showing emotion. That's a good and healthy thing. What he shows emotion for? Why the fuck? So many downvotes. So many comments. So many thumbs ups. Turned down. Reversed. Why? Why? You're a net force for good if you want to be. I agree. You're a net force for good. <laughs> yes. Details <laughs> 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 Doesn't even hesitate. Doesn't blink. Holy shit. Do you believe that you are a god amongst men? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. You know what? You know, no one's perfect. So people make their mistakes as they stumble uphill. <laughs> okay. Historically. Is this the first time a white dude has admitted to falling upwards in society? <laughs> Is this the first time we have an admonition of it? <laughs> like, a really fucking charitable position here? Uh, yeah, I mean, you lied and that's why you're famous. 
like that's that's why Jordan Peterson is famous. He lied about Bill C sixteen in Canada, and, and everyone bought it. Uh, like the center to right across the board, were like, "Holy shit! Oh wow! They're they're trying to force you in academia to say Zer? What? Oh, this is compelled speech. This is horrifying. I can't believe the Canadian government has become full authoritarian. Yes, Jordan, come on my podcast. Come on my show. Come on my fucking boom! All of a sudden, Jordan Peterson is on everything. You name it, and all like." Now he's a household name. Now everyone knows the good doctor. Now it's like, oh yes, Dr. Jordan Peterson. <laughs> been a fascinating interview. Thank you very much. You've, Thank you. You've got this new box set up. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty Jordan happy about that. Jordan B. Peterson, 24 Rules for Life. Uh, oh, yeah. How did I come up with that title? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, and that's not to say that there isn't a whole bunch of people who are white and who have uh, succeeded because, again, the content of their character, uh, uh, it, it, it is true. There's, there's a lot of very famous white people who are also amazing people and have succeeded because they're hardworking and deserve everything they have. That's one thing. Jordan Peterson is not that. <laughs> Jordan Peterson is 100% a grifter who has lied multiple times throughout his career and become famous because of it and uh, does not live by his own rules, by the way. And yeah, I guess maybe we're all hypocrites. I, I advocate for a lot of things uh, and yet I will drive a car even though I believe that climate change is a really bad thing. Uh, yeah, I, I, I will drive a car. So we try to manage our own hypocrisy. But I wouldn't set out my fucking tablets you know, I, I wouldn't come out here and like, here are the laws for life. So say a no, I'm not sorry, Lance, these are the rules you must live by, okay? Uh, do not think anything disparaging about your parents. Pet a cat, like blah, blah, blah. And I'd come on from on high as if these are like, these are the rules, all right? You know what? These aren't the only rules. I got 24 more. 24 more rules for life that you can buy and learn about and beyond order uh fascinating books they sold how many millions now well 12 rules sold seven and i think beyond Twelve order rules. is approaching a million now so yeah Still they're right. doing just fine just it, like baffling baffling the professional liar he lies all the time he fucking he lies about what he is a doctor in like he's not a doctor of fucking biology like he can't say that that's not true you're just lying on camera right now in 4k he thinks that fucking old urns with snakes on them prove that people knew about dna before we even had microscopes what the fuck this this is not a person who should be taken seriously by anybody it, it is still jaw-dropping to me that he is it, it's really messed up ever think you'd sell that number of books i never thought any of this would happen you know i mean so yeah i knew when i was teaching at harvard and at the university of toronto that some of the things i were i was teaching were revolutionary hmm. I I've sold 7 million copies of the first book and 1 million in the second, and I'm cancelled. Yeah, I'm cancelled. Oh, uh, I'm cancelled. I've lost my free speech, I say, on a national news program. Broadcla broadcasted globally. God, they took away the free speech again. So you've just been listening to an episode of The Surf Times, and if you enjoy it and want to see The Surf Times, you can go to wearesurfs.com or watch the live shows at thesurfs.tv. And also everywhere social media is sold, basically thesurfs.tv, you'll find us there, twitter.com slash thesurfstv, for example. It would also help us out tremendously if you could leave a good review of this podcast if you enjoyed it, either on, I don't know, iTunes or wherever you're podcasting. Apparently it does help, and yeah, we hope to see you soon. To our gods, Xander Corvus and Peyton L. Just, we are prepared to conduct many a human sacrifices in your honor. To our monarch, Tom Spiker, we are but your humble yet incompetent gestures, trying in vain to bring some levity into your life. To our Lord, Trevor R., we give you thanks for this meager plot of land for us to toil away our pathetic existence. To our brave knights, Carl Wauer, Tony, DM Rivera, Resident Scarecrow, Sir Nickus, Mayred, Cheryl Alvarez, Ruben Kelly, Brandon, Words Greenwood, Nate, Hegbird Celine, Matthew Scarborough, Stellar Vision, Ariane McCarthy, Daniel Sutton, Coulter Smith, Jenna Tao, Quiet185, Anna Loves Riley, Omni, Riley and Anna, Poodlehawk, The Tim Caucus, Multimondi, Trevor Janis, Lemmy101, Anthropophojack, Saren42, Catherine, Ramon Acosta, and Kosin, Agent NDN, Violent Orchard, Political Puppy, 
Andreas Chiringuito, Zach Christensen, Todd Buckingham, and Todd Lajeunesse. We salute our mighty heroes off to conquest some bread in some far-off land.